It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday, and I'm back. Yes, I had a great time. So we'll get into all of the news, although I got to tell you, I picked the perfect week off because while I was gone, not a whole lot happened in the news that was worth talking about, which was absolutely perfect. What did happen, well, we'll talk about it. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, just one day of my vacation, people have been asking, so I'll answer the question right up front. I did go back to my hometowns of Sanibel and Captive Islands. And people want to know what it was like. You know, how was it? Well... For those who don't know, those were the islands that were hit by Hurricane Ian. And Sanibel especially, the southern part of it, nailed really good. It's not so much that a hurricane hits, it's how the hurricane hits, what side of the hurricane, what part of it, that really does the damage. And the southern part of Sanibel Island really got nailed good. So my sister and I went back, and we went looking. This is a year later for places where we grew up places that we played as a kid as kids some of these places are gone like for example there was a place called the blue dolphin which was cottages to rent right on the beach and we used to go out to the beach and play there in the sand together and the blue dolphin is completely gone no evidence it was ever there Uh, my mom managed in part uh, bailey's general store which is pretty good sized plaza the only real store at the time on the island and the first movie theater which was just one movie at a time on the island my brother ran the projectors when they first opened so as a kid i used to get to sit he used to bring me to the movie theater and i would get to sit on a stool looking at the movie from the projectionist point of view watching my brother work as he switched the reels and so on between the two movies and so on. It was a lot of fun. That doesn't, that's right next to Bailey's. It doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's an empty lot. There's many places like that. The lighthouse, which we almost lost, is still standing. And there were these two big, beautiful buildings up on stilts, wraparound porches and all of that. Were, were the lighthouse keepers uh, buildings and offices and so on. No evidence they were ever there. Yeah, it was interesting to go up and down between the islands and see what had been repaired and what was still being worked on. There are literally more workers on the island than there are people who are residents of the island. And not by just a little bit, I mean by a lot. So that was uh, the interesting part. My sister and I just had to go back and do that to see how things were coming along and you know, see the devastation and the rebuild of Sandbell and Captain Islands. Now, in the meantime, no, I did do a lot of other things uh, besides 
canoeing and events that I went to and hiking with family and played with my, my oldest niece had a baby, played with that kid a little bit. So, yeah, there were a lot of other things I did besides go to those islands. So back now, yes, got plenty of naps in while I was there. I just wanted to catch up on all of that. So that that was done. So back now, here we go to the news again. While I was gone, and by the way, morning, Jim. <clears throat> Jim's already sending me notes out there. Brain is in reset mode. In fact, by the way, yes, since I love my job, yesterday I was at home doing a last bit of relaxing, catching up on things that happened while I was gone, not news-related, other things. And I actually hit a point where I'm thinking, okay, that's enough, time to go back to work. I was actually get just had a, a vacation, was great. But I had had enough of it. I wanted to get back to doing something again, which is my nature, to produce things, to work and produce and you know, do something, which I, I don't know. I say that, but then again, I do this show, so who knows. But all right, <clears throat> while I was gone, the uh, COP28 is what they call it. That's that UN, well, not just United Nations, but World Climate Summit. And once again, they promised to do all sorts of wonderful things to save the planet. Which, of course, it's been 28 years and nothing that they've promised to do has really been achieved other than to make our lives more expensive and more miserable. But as far as human CO2 output, which is, of course, as I've explained before, not a problem. That's on the rise. The world is using more coal and natural gas and petroleum than ever before, except in countries like this one where they're trying to put the squeeze in us, but everybody else is using more of it. I've explained all of that. But I left here with one important question. When they get there, they have to do this in Dubai, someplace where it isn't going to snow, because what they've talked about global warming in the first few of these summits, and it kept snowing on them. It was hysterical. Snow was supposed to be a thing of the past, and it kept snowing on them at these climate summits. So they started to call it climate change rather than global warming. And I guess now they're having it in places where it doesn't snow. Like, let's go to some place that's actually hot so we can talk about global warming. So they went to Dubai. And I wanted to know, after they all arrived there in their big corporate jets, riding around in their limousines, all that kind of garbage, right? what are they having for dinner? Because remember, you and I are supposed to be eating bugs, right? We're supposed to have a bug diet or become vegans or something like that. Headline, UN Climate Summit serving burgers and barbecue as it calls for the U.S. to stop eating meat, offering juicy beef slabs of succulent meat, smoked burgers and Philly cheesesteaks were on the menu. But you're supposed to be eating bugs. This author here says, the hypocrisy of the global elites never ceases to amaze. The ongoing United Nations COP28 climate summit, which I believe just wrapped up, is offering a whole variety of gourmet food options for vendors who serve beef, even if uh, it prepares a re- even as it re- re- prepares a report that's expected to call for the West to reduce its consumption of beef. According to the summit's online portal, its food offering include uh, juicy beef, slabs of succulent meat, Philly cheese steaks, hamburgers, 
melt-in-your-mouth barbecue. This is on the menu. It says this in the menu. In addition to African sweet barbecue, fast, casual, Mexican fare, Asian options, French food as well, and all of it meat-intensive. At the same time, the U.N. Food and Agriculture Organization will publish its first-ever global food system roadmap during an upcoming COP28 session, which is expected to recommend the nations over, that overconsume meat limit consumption as part of a broader effort to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. U.N. has, the story says, for years for individuals to ditch animal-based diets, which it says have a high impact on the planet. Quote, FAO emphasizes the critical need for an innovative plan and concrete package solutions to overhaul agri-food systems. The organization said in the statement, the global roadmap is positioned as a strategic tool to demonstrate that acceleration and climate actions can transform the food system, simultaneously addressing food security. Now, I guarantee you, as they do this, it will not address food security. It'll do just the opposite of that. We'll wind up with less food. However, despite the recommendations of the upcoming report, UN repeated calls for people to transition the planet to plant-based diets. Roughly a third of the food vendors at COP28 provided meat options among the food options offered. The Hungry Hub, which offers beef and meat. Uh, The Ghost Burger, which offers burgers and Philly cheesesteaks. Swaggers, which offers smoked ribs. You know, I'm getting hungry. Uh, Matt Farm, live cooking, which serves unbelievable smoked meats and melt-in-your-mouth barbecue. Now, again, here's that quote again. The reaction, the hypocrisy of the global elites never ceases to amaze they're the same ones who want working people to swear off flying while they all travel there to the glitzy conference on private jets to push a radical agenda. Uh, and according to that, that was a representative Mike Flubb, Republican Nebraska, member of the Congressional Beef Caucus. Quote, COP28 putting meat on the menu just proves that we need beef of all kind to help feed the world. And, you know, then he, he continues on with a statement there, but you get the idea. Meantime, I didn't see her anywhere at the summit, although she was around somewhere. There's Greta watching everybody eating big, juicy steaks and hamburgers and barbecue. Did she get to speak, though? I'll have to go back and find out. She is the poster child, right? to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-Woods and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 6.24 the time, so Rhiannon and Fort Danger and I are in this little conversation here. Wouldn't it be interesting, because at the Climate Summit they served all of these meat items on the menu, I mean really juicy, succulent, 
burgers and steaks and, you know, the barbecue things and so on. Really uh, just incredible what was on the menu. Makes me hungry. But wouldn't it be interesting if they had just served bugs? <clears throat> well, you guys said, so we're just going to serve bugs to you if not. Now, uh, I-80 John, I, I didn't know about this story, but I went ahead and looked it up because he said so. So in Munich, oh, and by the way, there's a picture that goes with this story that uh, Facebook is claiming is fake news. But it's a picture of a jet. It's a corporate jet, and it's frozen to the ground. And its nose is up in the air because of all the snow on the back end. But anyway, all right, so here's the story. Munich is buried under snow currently heaviest in decades. Airport closed down. And it ended up trapping the people that were trying to get to this climate summit. And let's not forget, it was predicted some time ago that snow was supposed to be a thing of the past. And yet there they are. And they'll blame that on climate change, right? Okay, now, then there's this one. It's on our Wake Up Wyoming site. They, uh, 60 Minutes, did a story at the University of Wyoming. And at first, I didn't know, well, what was the story about? I didn't see the 60-minute piece. Well, of course, here we go. Dr. Holly is an extensive expert in energy resource field. She came to the University of Wyoming after a 10-year serving as vice president of coal generation and emission technologies at Peabody, the world's largest private sector coal producer. She focused on her career on exploring modern energy technologies plus to help advance carbon capture, here we go again, and expand the coal industries, uh, finding non-traditional coal consumption opportunities. All right. We don't need carbon capture. I've talked about that God knows how many times. we just got to stop the whole carbon capture nonsense. If anything, we need more CO2 in the air, but they're still just determined. They're going to keep pushing that carbon capture thing. Maybe with our next governor, we can get out of all of that. And I'm certainly talking to some of our representatives in the Wyoming House and Senate. Let's stop it. But, okay, I'll get back to that at another time. Let's see. Uh, another headline. COP28, U.N. scientist and Al Gore and John Kerry demand a phase-out of what they call fossil fuels. You and I know it better as organic fuels. And also clothing limited to three items per person. The Climate Depot, Mark Morano, special reports. Scientists are now dictators, essentially, at the climate summit. Quote, we need power to prescribe climate policy. Scientists should be allowed to make policy and prescriptions and potentially oversee implementation. Well, here's the problem. Most of the scientists don't agree with these people. Like I said many times before, the 99 percent or even 97 percent of scientists agree is garbage it's one of the biggest lies you've ever been told right so only the, the few scientists that agree with them want to get involved in this this is like dr fauci all over again gore declares agreement to phase out organic fuels would be one of the most significant events in the history of humanity oh yes it would oh definitely it would be and as you know, if we phase this out, we've talked about this before, all of the things that would not be possible and how many people would die. But all right. The Lumen land grab in Africa for carbon credits, Western carbon offset as well. And yeah, the very idea that you should only be allowed to have like three clothing items 
in your house. I think I might take a look at that coming up next. Well, now how dare you have a closet full of clothes? Don't you realize your impact on the planet when you have really a closet full of you went out to buy new underwear today you you were hoping to get new underwear for christmas oh my lord you're destroying the planet coming up on 6 30 local news coming away right after local news update on your weather forecast and then i'll finish this story off and get us into other things it's wake up wyoming News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thanks for the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Yes, I'm back in town after vacation. Morning, Mike. Mike is in Casper. How are they going to get around in this big jet without that organic fuel? Electric jets never get off the ground. Well, they have gotten some electric planes off the ground. The problem with the big jets is the batteries are so heavy currently, the way they make batteries, that, yeah, the weight ratio for this, it's not working out. Unless you have some major changes in batteries, it's not going to work out. So... Uh, Jim and Glenrock, my cotton clothes are carbon sequestration. Elites should celebrate. <laughs> well, now, if you just joined me, I was talking about at the climate summit, the 28th climate summit. They just finished. There's a lot of meat on the menu, even though they're telling you you shouldn't be eating meat. They want you to eat bugs. But then also, as far as your clothes, they want to limit you. There are people there who want to limit you to three outfits total. That's all you have. Now, it used to be that's how we were as human beings before we figured out mass production. Clothing was expensive, hard to come by, and normally you had three outfits. You had the one you were wearing while the other one was being cleaned. And then you had a third set, which you wore to church on Sunday. That was about it. Most people didn't have much more than that. But here, get a load of this story here from Green Queen. I've never seen this website before, but I might have to monitor it. All right, stop buying so many new clothes or face climate disaster report fines. Really? Could you curb your clothing purchases to just a few items per year, the story says? A new report says that that's the magic number if we want to avoid a climate disaster. Now, I'm reading right from the story. That's what it says. A new report from Hot or Cool Institute, never heard of them, looks at fashion impact on the G20 countries. It says the biggest solution to reducing the industry's impact on the planet and staying below the Paris Agreement target for CO2 is to stop buying so many clothes. According to a new report, the unfit, unfair, unreasonable resizing fashion for fair consumption space, that's what they call it. They, they're calling it fair consumption space. <clears throat> Have to throw their buzzwords in. Very Orwellian, too. The sweet spot for meeting these targets is limiting new garment purchases to no more than three items per year. So that's not to say three items total, but that's per year. 
under purchase more than 10 items in that given year, with most consumers buying an average of 68 new garments every year. But 80% of those are seldom worn, the report says. Now, I don't know about you. I never buy anywhere near that. But then again, I'm a guy. I do buy some new things. You know, I'll typically buy some new socks during the course of the year, something like that. T-shirts wear out, but I don't buy that much. But all right. According to the report, let me see. The report says personal changes do play a role in the fight against climate change. And reducing new carbon purchases is more than four times more effective than reducing the industry's carbon footprint in the next best solution to uh, reusing garments. So, quote, the emotional aspects, well, I mean, because so much of purchasing is an emotional thing for people. Oftentimes, people who like to shop a lot do it because it gives them a little bit of a sense of euphoria when they do it, even if they never use the thing. And I do know it's not my business, though. I have gone, and I even wrote about this in my book, The Uncomplicated Life. If I go to some people's homes, I find they have these massive walk-in closets that are jam-packed with clothes and shoes and so on, most of which they never wear. That was a lot of money spent on an emotional purchase, and most of it they'll never wear. So they're wasting money, wasting space, and constantly going to the store to buy new things. Okay, But I I also consider it to be their business, not something that should be mandated by government. That I would love to know how are they going to do this. Not that they can't. I mean, they could figure out... um, in part, I don't think it would ever be totally successful. There's, but, but they can try doing things like your credit card, your debit card. Use that as to a way to monitor what you buy. And for those people who want to go to digital currency, things like that, use it as a way to monitor what you buy. Well, you've already bought three clothing items this year. You're not allowed to buy more because we're trying to save the planet. That is the dream of some people in the cult of climate change. The story says upstream emissions are driving more than 80% of the fashion industry's carbon footprint. These occur in production phases, and it talks about materials and you know how clothes are made, basically. Emissions are lower on the other side of the garment life. The report says 10% of emissions occur during disposal. Okay, here's where I can go back and just totally destroy this entire article. It's actually really easy to do. You see, um, CO2 is not a pollutant. So we don't need to do this. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, you ever come back after vacation, sit down in front of the control console and worry that you forgot how to do it every all uh, every, every single time. And, yeah, okay. You know, it's just... Yeah, you, you get to that point where, all right, I'm here. Yes, what happened? You know, yeah. it, it comes back to you. It does, yeah. But but not all at one time. Yeah, no, no. I had to have a couple of cups of coffee. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I know where the buttons are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah it seems a little odd there. Okay, so while I was gone, apparently uh, some bighorn sheep got stuck on the roof of a Colorado home. How did they get up there? Yeah, that's what I want to know. See, Boulder, Colorado, not 
really a big one on the roof. Yeah. So is the snow yeah. drift that tall? Or uh, see, somehow can they fly? Yeah, they say uh, the ram somehow found its way up on the roof. Which have oh, I do know this. These things are fantastic climbers. Oh, of course, yeah, they can go straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if there was something along the house that this sucker looked at and thought, oh yeah, I see my pathway up. You and I wouldn't be able to climb it, even though we have opposable thumbs and all of that. But if there was some way for this sucker to figure it out. So people get home and they look up there and go, the hell are you doing up there? So You get down from there. Yeah, then you got to find a way to get it down. Yeah. Well, now, how food, exactly food, do you do that? Food. Food? Food. Okay. Here's a little treat for you. Yes, okay. So let me see. Uh, how do they get it? Here's a picture of the thing. Wow, it's way up there. This is not some average house. This is like a... a two-story house? Yeah, big sucker, way up there. Because I'm looking from <laughs> the porch up to... Wow, okay. So, now, But once it got up there, though, it couldn't figure out how to get back down. They'll jump like you see the... Do you Those call pictures, it? something. Okay. Please, yeah, food will get them down. Do you think so? Okay. I, I would hope so. Okay. He's not staying up there another day. Because calling the fire department in this case is not no, going to work. It's right. not like a kitten. No, no, no. No, they say, uh, is can game and fish or fish and game yeah. show, wildlife show up and get a helicopter? Yeah. To get now, this, thing this is going to inspire me now to do a little bit of research because I have found in the past stories about someone comes home and their sheep got up on the roof, just yeah. regular sheep, you know. Or, yeah, you've seen the dog on the roof. You wonder mm -hmm. how did the dog yeah, get yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, and the yeah, cat, yeah. of course, got yeah. on the roof. What other animals got up there and got stuck up there? Now, as a kid... When my parents weren't home, depending on where we lived, I climbed up on the roof all the time. Oh, well, I did too. Yeah. And I, I probably got off the roof the same way I got on. I Exactly. I always had Out an the window. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I always had an exit strategy. Before I climbed, I thought, and once I get up there, what's my way down? Yeah. And I always found a way to get down off of the roof. Now, I, we, I can go ahead and talk about this now because my parents are dead. But if they were still alive, we would have a little bit of a problem here. You were climbing around on the roof. Yes, I was, as a matter of fact, and it was a whole lot of fun. You say, no, that wasn't me. That no. was, you know, Kid next door talking. or something yeah, like that? Yeah, no, the exactly. things that we did as a kid. Okay, so you ever have any animals stuck in your roof at home? Uh, not, no. They, no. they just stayed on the ground. Just stayed on the ground. Yeah. Okay. It was so. a pretty, you know, a big, it was like a big two-story house of brick. Right. So they looked up and go, uh, pass. No. Pass. Three rounds in the books of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Buffalo's Cole Reiner made another visit to the pay window as he finished second in last night's round of the bareback with an 87 and a half. That earned him a $21,296. And then back on Saturday, he took second in the round with an 86 and a half, and that was worth over $24,000. So right now, Reiner is first in the average and seventh in the world standings. In the Saddle Bronx, Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Crest out of the money last night with an 85, but he's third in the average thanks to a second place finish in the second round on Saturday. Also in the Saddle Bronx, Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, out of the money with a 79 last night, but he is sixth in the average thanks to a first place effort in the opening round. The NFR continues tonight from the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost at home to number 21 Creighton 73-61 to drop the 4-4 four and four on the year. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtig had a great game for the Cowgirls with a career-high 30 points on 13-19 of 19 from the field. On the flip side, the Cowgirls were just 4-22 of 22 from the
the three-point line. Creighton 7-1 on the year, and UW will have a week off. They'll play Montana State on Sunday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team rallied to beat Stephen F. Austin on Saturday in Laramie, 78-70 to get to 6-3 on the year. Pokes were down 10 in the second half, and then came to life as Sam Griffith had 23 points to lead the way, and a quail cut had 19 points. On the flip side, the Cowboys had 20 turnovers, and that is way, way too much. That'll be They'll be at home on Saturday to meet Weber State. National Football League, the Denver Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday 24-7, so they're 7-6 and on the year after a brutal start to the season. Quarterback Russell Wilson threw for 224 yards and two touchdowns. On the flip side, Charger quarterback Justin Herbert broke his finger in the first half. Denver's won 6-7, the right back in the playoff chase, and they'll be at Detroit on Saturday night. High school wrestling season kicked off over the weekend statewide. The big Charlie Lake tournament was held in Cheyenne over the weekend. On the boys' side, Cheyenne had three individual champions. Kozak Porter at 132, Liam Fox at 157, Charlie Green at 285, Casper Kelly Walsh with an individual champion, and William Alt at 150. KW won the girls' team championship in this tournament as Michelle Hemman finished second at 100 pounds, and Isabel Baldowney second at 140. That's in sports. So, uh, that game you were talking about with UW, I'm assuming that's the bowl game? No, 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 no. no. That's, that's, that's later this month. That later this month. They're okay. back in the Arizona Bowl. No, they're in the Arizona Bowl. Yes. Okay, so then at future times we'll have to talk about how they're going to do, but okay. Arizona Bowl, yes. All right, thank you, Frank. It's Wake Up Of. Sixth of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Monday. My name is Glenn Woods. Yes, I'm back from vacation for those who just joined us. Now, for those who are listening earlier, I am going to extend this just a little bit because I just found something. And then we'll get on to other news here. I was talking about, in the first hour, the Climate Conference, COP28, and how they had all sorts of meat on the menu after they give, they fly there in all sorts of corporate and big jets and ride around in limousines, meat on the menu. I mean, it was just absolutely hysterical. Snow is supposed to be a thing of the past, and yet snow delayed a lot of airplanes, a massive snowstorm from getting into the whole thing. It was just hysterical. So I went through a lot of the details of that last hour. I was about to move on, but hold on. I accidentally found a website that I didn't know existed. So I added this. Now, my files that I have here... I have all these files. When I open up my browser, there's all these files of different topics. There's news, opinion, there's a Wyoming file, uh, Town Square Media file, an edit file, which I do all sorts of audio, video editing, stuff like that, um, and even website editing, social media file, on and on it goes, right? Okay, so as I'm looking at these uh, files, I look at for the one of them under news is the climate change file where I go saving information from different sites. Climate Depot is one of them. And another one, weird name, what's up with that? But these are websites that listen to the scientists who do not agree that human beings are causing a climate crisis. And by the way, that would be the majority of scientists. 97% of scientists do not believe that humans are causing a climate catastrophe. So I actually have websites where I can go search information on what scientists are actually saying. Forget what the news media says, forget what the politicians say or what the celebrities say. But this one I actually just added. 
and it's from the cult of climate change. The name of the website is kind of weird, but okay. It's called Green Queen. Okay. Um, this one has all sorts of climate cult extremism on it. And I thought it would be fun, just like I have in the past read articles from the Flat Earth Society website. This ought to be fun, too, right? So I'm just going to grab one article to give you an idea of what I just found. One of the articles on it, and I think, I hope, I pray that the number is much higher than this. 74% of Americans don't think eating meat and dairy is linked to climate change. Now, I hope the number is a a lot higher than that. I hope it's more like uh, 95% of Americans don't think that meat is linked to climate change, meat and dairy. But that's what these people think. And remember, I always have a problem with polls anyway. But okay. The story says around three-quarters of Americans don't think eating meat and dairy would have any impact on climate change, according to a new survey, compared six out of ten who believe that recycling is a key climate action. This is despite multiple studies proving otherwise. Well, and you can see what they do here. Despite multiple garbage studies that prove otherwise. But, okay, let's read on Conducted by the Washington Post and the University of Maryland last month, the poll found that only a small majority of Amer- a small minority of Americans believe their individual actions reduce their impact on climate change, with most highly uninformed about which actions are most impactful. So according to this, most people don't think that their individual actions th- – this is key, I do think, here, though. That most people don't think their individual actions really affect the climate all that much. Now, of course, individually means nothing, but as a whole, would we have an impact, right? So you might get in your car and drive to work and think, well, it's just me going to work. What kind of an impact would that have? Or like we talked about last hour, they want to limit you to buying three items of clothing a year to reduce the impact on the climate. And you might think, well, what, what does it matter if I buy a little bit more? Which makes me wonder then, do some people who are members of the cult of climate change drive around in big vehicles because they think, well, I don't, if, and live in big houses because they think, well, I mean, I don't really have that much of an impact. The story says the poll highlights a gap in American public thinking about the impact of their actions on climate change. And here we go. And they have to include this because they're still trying to make the argument and proven climate scientist that says otherwise. See, if they really believe that this was fact, would they always have to insert that? Proven climate scientist says otherwise. For instance, 74% of consumers, it says, believe that cutting meat won't alter their impact on climate change, and 77% feel the same about dairy consumption. I'm going to pick on a key word there. And 77% feel... Is this something you feel about or is this something you think about? Because I don't make decisions based on how I feel. I base decisions on what I know to be true, on facts. Feelings don't play. This thinking is in line with a Newsweek poll that showed 40% of Americans don't believe eating less red meat would reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. 
But all of this is in contrast with numerous reports that show we can avoid 100 uh, gigatons of emissions in three quarters of – and it goes on and on. And also talks about uh, becoming a vegan and things. But this is the kind of website that this is. All right. And once again, I can go ahead and defeat this entire article with – They keep talking about studies and facts. Here's some studies and facts. CO2 is not a pollutant. It's good for the planet. We could use more of it in the air right about now. And there are multiple studies that show that. Okay. So I can get there. That just defeats the whole thing right there. Also, when we do polls and surveys, so many of them are wrong for so many different reasons. But okay. Americans, the story says, are misguided in what they think individuals can do to fight climate change. How much do you think each of the following actions would reduce someone's impact on the climate? Installing solar panels, recycling, driving an electric car, taking fewer plane trips, using a heat pump system instead of uh, and for heating and, and AC, installing an electric stove instead of a gas stove, living in a smaller house or apartment, not eating meat, driving slower, not eating dairy. So again, do you understand what kind of website this is? So The story says this knowledge gap. See, it's a knowledge gap that you guys don't understand. See, I don't think that you don't understand. I think you do understand. And you don't believe what they're saying. For those of you who don't buy into this, you've heard what they've had to say at nauseum. You've heard it nonstop. They're relentless. The drumbeat is relentless, and you don't believe them. And you have good reasons not to believe them. This knowledge gap, it says, can be explained by the underreporting of animal agriculture and its impact on the environment. Is this underreported? I don't think it is. A study found that 93% of all climate media coverage doesn't mention animal agriculture. This is, well, uh, see, again, I disagree with that because I find that all over the place. This is exacerbated by the amount of funding received by animal agricultural sector. Recent study found that livestock farming in the U.S. gets 800 times more investment than plant-based cultivation proteins. Meanwhile, 95% of all research and innovation spending went to animal farmers and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. This despite the U.S. government data showing humans have an increased atmosphere. And it goes back into CO2 again. And then I love this part. I won't get into it because it goes on for a while. But basically, separating fact from fiction. They don't know fact and fiction. Americans certainly overestimate the impact of recycling on the environment. Oh, I've talked about recycling. And we've talked about it on this program. There are some things where it makes sense to recycle. Like if you have a tin can, recycle it makes a lot of sense. Some other things that recycle actually do more harm than good to the environment. 7.15. Wake up, Wyoming. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or check with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Twenty one's in time, but wake up, Wyoming. I am looking at a book, and I have to thank him for this. I'll do a write up on this uh, this week at some point. Uh, Camp Douglas, Leanne Sybeckin, I think is how you pronounce her name, an author here in Wyoming, and she writes Wyoming's World War II prisoner of war base camp 
was in the Douglas, Wyoming area. Prisoner labors save crop harvest in this year. It's one of the newspaper clippings out of it. But she goes through. It's a really interesting book. Now, this press is actually a press out of uh, here in Wyoming. And I think the uh, manager of that is uh, in Glendale, Wyoming. But okay, it's High Plains Press that puts this out. Never good enough to send me a book. Nice looking cover on this thing too. <clears throat> but the book Camp Douglas, again, I'll do a write-up and get it up on this week for you. But that's worth looking up online from High Plains Press. It just goes through all the details, include a lot of pictures in this thing too. But also the story of a prisoner of war camp that was in Douglas, Wyoming. I just think it's really, I haven't got a chance to even begin to really read this. But I'll, I will and get back to you on it. Okay, so... From a website, this is a good news website. They're not really well known, but it's a good news website. It's called the Center Square. Headline, EPA's new methane rules and heavy-handed federal uh, layer for Wyoming businesses, Governor Gordon says. So, according to Center Square, Governor Gordon of Wyoming took aim this week at new federal methane regulations he argues would hurt purchasers and consumers in the state. Now, at the same time, I'd like to say, hey, while you're at it, Governor Gordon, um, the whole carbon sequestration scam does the same thing. It's already raising our energy rates for no good reason. Biden administration, story says, released a new methane rule. Dorn COP28, that again would be that meeting of world leaders to try to fight climate change. And... The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency says the new regulations will sharply reduce emissions of methane and other harmful air pollutants from oil and natural gas operations, including, for the first time, existing sources nationwide. So Gordon criticized the agency for its lack of communication with state agencies. Here's what the governor said. From the outset of the proposed rule, again, it's a rule, so it's nothing that was passed by Congress. But it's still going to be treated as a law. The Environmental Protection Agency did little meaningfully to consult with state environmental agencies who actually regulate oil and gas. Governor said, ideally, the states err uh, with an air of primacy like Wyoming are active participants in rulemaking. That's more than just providing a few comments that we're going to do this. So groups like the Environmental Defense Fund applauded the Biden administration for finalizing tougher, cleaner air standards. By the way, the Environmental Defense Fund, they're pretty much just a bunch of lawyers that sue over every little thing to make a ton of money for themselves. And the money comes from you, the taxpayers, by the way, to pay for all these lawyers who charge a lot of money. And so, let's see, the uh, productive limits on methane pollution, they say, both existing and uh, oil and gas sources, would cut down on climate-damaging methane. Quote, as the world gathers to tackle a climate crisis, we're not in a climate crisis. The U.N. now has the most protective methane pollution limits on the books. EPA's limits on oil and gas and methane pollution are a vital win for the climate, public health, dramatically reducing warming and pollution and et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. So pointing to other countries' views on methane is a concern, they said. 
Uh, the EPA shows tremendous leadership, blah, blah, blah. Gordon, on the other hand, Governor Gordon argues it will do more harm than good. He said a majority of Wyoming oil and gas producers are not multinational corporations and work closely with regulators to produce oil and gas while controlling emissions. In the rule, the EPA adds a heavy-handed federal layer of environmental benefits and compared to cost increases. It's going to cost... This is going to end up costing you quite a bit more, by the way. As they do this, the price of your energy, once again, will have to go up. It will have to. Story says, overall, Gordon said methane emissions in his states are low, and companies continue to find ways to reduce that. Quote, Wyoming, in fact, uh, preceded the federal government in regulations on oil and gas emissions by nearly three decades. The addition's cost uh, of implementation will be passed on to consumer. Once again, I have to say, as the governor says this, and he's correct in saying, we do this, you're going to end up paying more for this stuff, for your energy. Whatever energy you're, we're talking about, you're going to pay more for this. But at the same time, hey, governor, carbon sequestration is already costing consumers, and not just consumers in Wyoming, more to do something that we don't need to be doing. Western Energy Alliance, which is headquartered in Colorado, is also concerned about the regulations, the energy industry, it says. Uh, The administration should be touting the fact that the U.S. leads the world in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. This is something that I I, I really wish they would quit doing, by the way. Uh, I oftentimes find conservatives saying, well, we're reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Don't treat this in that way. Because what you're doing is giving credibility to their false argument. So don't ever do that. But all right, backing up again. Well, the oil and gas industries has a four-decade record of success in reducing reducing methane emissions since 2005. Uh, they added that natural gas achieves about a 58% power security emission reductions compared to only 42% for wind and solar energy. I'm glad they tossed that in there, too. So, okay. Uh, oh, Jason from Douglas, good morning. Love the program. Have to listen online last couple of days. The radio station, Converse County, has a lot of static. Oh, okay. I'll find out why. Well, I are you talking about your radio station in Converse County or the radio station that you're listening to this program on? Because if it's the radio station you're listening to this program on, I can go talk to the engineer and they can go ahead and have a look at that. But if it's your Converse County or some other radio station, then uh, we'll just stick with us. I mean, it's a whole lot better over here. Plus, you get to comment like you're doing. He's talking to me by using the Wake Up Wyoming app. You just you download it for free, and then while you're on the app, you hit the chat mode, and you can send me text messages, and I go ahead and answer on the air and off the air as well. So, okay. Coming up on some local news that we have to go through after local news, update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. 745, Don Day is going to talk to us live about the weather, which there is a chance for some snow in the area today. We'll talk about where, and it's not a whole lot. But it will, of course, the usual suspects like I-80. Of course, you have to watch out. I mean, if it gets a little slick out there, you might end up with the road closing. Not because it was too bad to drive, but, you know, one or two trucks or cars wipe out, and it shuts most of the highway down, as big as it is. 
It's Wake Up Wyoming. And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Seven thirty-six the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Swing on over to Don Day. I got that. Okay, I got everything set up. Don Day will be on 745, talk about weather forecast, a little bit of a change up in your weather, but overall not that bad weather-wise. Just a little bit of a change up in your forecast. We'll get, again, 745 is on with me live. Let's go to California real quick here. So recently, before I went on vacation, we had a debate, which I thought as much as I'm not, I don't mean anything bad against the guy. He's probably a really you know great guy, but I never was much of a Sean Hannity listener. Or even watch her to his television show. Just the program never did it for me. But when he had a debate on between the governor of Florida and the governor of California, now that was interesting. And like so many people pointed out, all the governor of California did was lie and assault the character of the governor of Florida. While the governor of Florida, on the other hand, was actually presenting facts and statistics and so on. So it was interesting but not surprising to watch that debate. Now get a load of this. Not a shocker, though. I'm going to tell you this. It's not a shocker. California is facing a huge budget deficit, which is bad news, it says, for the Democrats in the state. I hope so. Sorry says life was good so long as Democrats could spend at will. See, that, remember what Margaret Thatcher said? The problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money. California, the story says had a a budget surplus for a few years. That was just because of the amount of, not because they weren't overspending, they were, but they did have a lot of money coming in. So they had a bit of a surplus for a short while. It's not, and I I gotta repeat that, it's not that they were being responsible with money. They weren't being responsible with money. They just had a nice surplus coming in of extra money. You know, a little bit of a windfall there. So, Story says, Newsom's first term in office, record-smashing surpluses of about $100 billion in some years. So all that money rolling in, and of course the politicians start to spend it. Now, at this point, I'll point out, in most cases, it's both Democrats and Republicans spend too much money. Although, you'll find in most cases, Republican states are more fiscally responsible. Sorry. The legislator uh, tried to expand government, including paying for guaranteed health insurance for all low-income adults, regardless of their immigration status and free lunches for all public school students. A series of damaging storms, of course, had to hit the whole area. California did not have to pay their 2022 taxes until November of last year. That meant Newsom and legislators had to come up with a budget over the summer without knowing how much money they had to spend. Turns out badly misjudging and then also working on things like you know they got the bullet train you know they're still trying to do that i have to look up to find out where they are in the bullet train because that they really haven't made much progress on that and it's way over budget so okay uh, let me see their tax collection their 
forecasted tax collection was off by about $26 billion, major driver of the deficit. The economy is slowing down, and a lot of people are leaving the state. People, businesses leaving the state. That's their tax base. Not just average citizens, which adds up to a lot of money, but big money people leaving the state. But also, again, big businesses saying that's enough and leaving the state. So now they have the biggest deficit in state history. Previous deficits have been large, but never like this. California's current budget tops $300 billion, the largest by far of any other state. But, of course, you got to take a look at the size of the state. Give them a little bit there. So analysts anticipate an additional shortfall of about $30 billion per year and a potential deficit of $155 billion over the next six years if they keep doing what they're doing. Home sales are down. Everything is outrageously expensive in California, as you can imagine. California uh, has gone from about uh, 3,500 to 5,400 tech companies. Okay, so the number of tech companies in the state have left. That's a lot of their money as well. With about 80% drop since 2021, number of California companies have gone public. As a result, the report found the state has added nearly 200,000 workers to its jobless ranks. Now they got to pay for that. Newsom told the Times last week he has been working behind the scenes with Democrat leaders and the legislators on how to move forward with a minimum wage law and other such things that would hurt local businesses. So in other words, rather than putting an end to this and fixing the problems, they're ramping up everything that put them in this massive deficit. Under the law, workers at large health care facilities would earn $23 an hour starting in, wow, imagine that. Um, workers at large health care facilities will earn $23 an hour and that's going to go up uh, to $25 an hour by 2026. They want to raise the minimum wage in general. Well, remember when they were doing the $15 an hour thing, minimum wage? Okay, now they want way more than that for minimum wage for a hamburger worker, you know, or a, a dollar store worker or something like that. And that drove a lot of companies either out of business or out of state. And they're just going to double down on it. 742, wake up. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Back we go to Don Day to talk about the weather, which shows Don just a little bit of change up. And I noticed that the coming snow happens to be exactly over the highway that gives us the most trouble. Well, of course, that's the way yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's why they built the highway there. You know, what stretch of highway gets what, what stretch of land in Wyoming gets more snow than any other stretch of land? Well, let's put a major highway right there. Yeah, seems that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Okay, so anyway, that happens, what, later today? Um, we are going to see the majority of it towards evening and overnight. But with the system that's going to be causing this weather is coming in from the north, and we're going to see some areas of light snow showers develop by mid to late afternoon over the west, the central, and the south. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning is when the Interstate 80 corridor has the best chance of seeing that light snow. It's not going to be a lot. 
but it's going to be just enough to make roads and highways slick. Okay. Now, with that, does that come with a significant drop in temperature or wind? No, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. This isn't really much of a system. It's one of these systems that has just enough with it. Yeah, it'll be a little bit colder, but not a lot. Okay. Now, that, that wind really was, boy, that was brutal yesterday in some places. Well, yeah, it was it was awful. The good news, though, is is that the pattern responsible for those really high winds this weekend is has moved out. And even though we've got this little system coming through later today and tonight, it's not going to produce much wind. And then for the middle of the week, we're going to see the main jet stream. So we've got two forming now. One, the polar jet uh, going across the northern tier of the U.S. is going to stay up there for the most part. And the other jet stream that's forming across the southern and southwest parts of the United States will be well to our south. So I'm not going to say there's not going to be any wind. We'll still have some breezy periods, but there doesn't appear to be a high wind event, uh, at least over the next three or four days in this pattern. So we do catch a break. from the wind. Okay, so people that I've uh, talked to about the weather, because, you know, that's one of the things you talk about now and then when you talk to somebody, are still wondering when winter gets here. When, well, okay. Yes. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, you, well, of course, that means the most inconvenient weather possible. Oh. <laughs> well, we've had episodes yeah. of winter oh, this yeah, year already. Sure. But, I mean, you know, for those of you who are looking for winter to settle in and, you know, yeah. stick around, I guess that's maybe what you're hinting at. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I think that we don't have really a lot of weather happening once this front goes through. We've got a, a good break, but I do think the weekend just before Christmas – and between Christmas and New Year's, do expect the weather to get more busy. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. So um, was that a good way to put it? I was just trying to think of how to phrase that question, and that would be the most inconvenient weather possible. And off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is... You know, you know, Glenn, I drove back from Cheyenne yesterday. Yeah. And that wind was ferocious. Oh yeah. Roughly from about south of Chugwater uh-huh. to just maybe south of Wheatland, give or take, yeah. where, where was the worst of it. Wait, wait, I read 83 miles an hour uh-huh. at Bordeaux. Yes. 83? Yes. So that <laughs> and, means... and the signs overhead, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll give them credit. You know, they could be off maybe five miles an hour. It's in. Uh-huh. 75. Right. That means your gas mileage really oh, it was Oh, it was bad. I mean, I, you, you know, you, you, you trust the little thing that says how many miles you have to go. Yeah. But I'm not <laughs> sure that's the exact accurate calculator, say. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. um I mean, I barely made it to the. I, I made it to the gas station where it said low fuel. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was a time a while back I was driving from Casper to Cheyenne, and I had you know really heavy winds all the way down, but it was going with me. So when I got to Cheyenne, I looked at my gas gauge and thought, I've hardly used anything here. This that was, was not nothing. the case yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Then I have gone back in the exact same conditions. And wow, I wondered if I was going to have to make a stop along the way for fuel, which I normally don't, just because driving into the wind like that. So, yeah. You had to drive. Uh-huh. I mean, literally hang on to the wheel yes. and point that nose into the wind. Yes. And it still buffeted you away, uh-huh. you know, from, you know, your left to right. I'm like, uh-huh. whoa. So no, and, and, you know, there, there were there's supposed to be no trucks out there, 50,000 pounds or less. Right. Or, yeah, and well. There were a couple. There were a couple, yeah. And I go, uh. uh stay away from those guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or if you do, get on the right side where they're going to get blown away from you. Yeah, they, they would be going to the right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I wondered, as you were saying that, I started to wonder. What do you think that does to your tires? 
it probably wears them. I on would the, think, yeah. I would think so, too. It was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I went yesterday since I got back from vacation. I thought, oh, I have to go to the store, grab some food and so on. Just going to the store and back, I was kind of doing the same thing, just holding on to that wheel, both hands all the way, rocking back and forth, just trying to get to the grocery store, which, by the way, is one of the rare times I would say to people, don't even bother wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, it's gone into the next county. Three rounds in the books for the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Buffalo's Cole Reiner made uh, a visit to the pay window. He finished second in last night's round of the bareback with an 87 and a half. That earned him just over $21,000. And then back on Saturday, Reiner took second in the round with an 86 and a half. And he got over 24 grand for that. So right now he is first in the average and seventh in the world standings. In the saddle bronc, Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Cress out of the money last night with an 85, but he's third in the average thanks to taking second in the second round on Saturday. All also in the saddle bronc, Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, out of out of the money with a 79. He is sixth in the average thanks to a first-place effort in the opening round. The NFR continues tonight at the Thomas & Mack Center in Las Vegas. Women's college hoops at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost at home the number 21 Creighton 73-61 to drop the 4-4 four four on the year. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtig got a great game for the Cowgirls with a career-high 30 points on 13-19 from the field. On the flip side, the Cowgirls were just 4-22 from the three-point line. Creighton is 7-1 on the year, and UW will have a, a game on Sunday at Montana State. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team rallied to beat Stephen F. Austin on Saturday in Laramie 78-70 to get the 6-3 on the year. Pokes were down 10 in the second half and then came to life as Sam Griffin had 23 points to lead the way for UW, and a quail cut had 19. On the flip side, the Cowboys had 20 turnovers, and that is way, way, way too much. That'll be a, They'll be at home on Saturday to meet Weaver State. In the National Football League, the Denver Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers 24-7. They're 7-6 now after a brutal start to the season. Quarterback Russell Wilson threw for 224 yards and two touchdowns. On the flip side, Charger quarterback Justin Herbert broke his finger in the first half. Denver has won 6-7 to get back in the playoff chase. They'll be at Detroit on Saturday. The high school wrestling season kicked off over the weekend statewide. The big Charler Lake tournament was held in Cheyenne over the weekend. On the boys' side, Cheyenne East had three individual champions. Kozad Porter at 132, Liam Fox at 157, Charlie Green at 285, Casper Kelly Walsh with an individual champion, and William Alt at 150. Uda, KW won the girls' team championship as Michelle Hemman finished second at 100 pounds and Isabel Muldowney second at 140 pounds. And that's in sports. Okay, so UW bowl game. Okay, here they go. We're yes. going to play on the, the, the December the 30th right. against Toledo at yeah. the Arizona Bowl in Tucson. In conjunction with that, head coach Craig Bowl announces retirement. Okay. So if there's any, there should be no lack of motivation for this game for Wyoming. Send um, that guy out on a okay. high note after yes. 10 years in Wyoming. Okay. That's, now, that's the end of it. Then the next question has to be, well, who's going to step into his Today position? Just, they hired the defensive coordinator, Jay Sauvel. So uh -huh. they said... Craig says goodbye, and they say, yeah. Jay, you take over. And what do you think about Jay? He's the defensive coordinator, and, and their defense has been really, really good. Ah, okay. So good step up. Yeah, I, I, I think it's yeah. the perfect okay. move at the perfect time. And yes. for the bowl game, have they played these this team in a bowl it's, game before? It's, uh, the last time they played to, uh, in Toledo was yeah. back in 2010, but not in a bowl game. Oh, okay. So I'll have to ask you later, do they got this or not? Oh, that's that gonna, that, this should be a really good game. Yeah, all right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Got to roll into news time after that. Got a guest in the beginning of the hour. Then it's you and me and open phones. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So before we get to open phones, Katie or Andrea, which one did they send me? I am Katie Burchette. You're Katie. Okay. They didn't tell me which one. They said Katie or Andrea. <laughs> one of those. Caldwell Foundation is in because every year at this time in the Natrona County area, they do the butterfly ball. For those who don't know, what's the butterfly ball? The Butterfly Ball is an adult prom, and it is held in memory of my daughter, Olivia. And so what we did is we created a fun event that really melts a couple of things that she really loved. So she really liked to get dressed up, and she absolutely loved butterflies. Okay. So you're sold out this year. We are. We've been sold out for, gosh, the last five years, and we typically sell out within about five or six weeks. So the tickets go Mm. really quickly, and it's held up at Ford Wyoming Center. So we're expecting about 850 guests. Wow. That's pretty good music. Yes. We have live music for our Elite Happy Hour, Mm. and then we also have a DJ for the rest of the night. Okay. Now, the only thing you need left is a king and queen, right? How does that work? So every year as part of the Butterfly Ball, we hold a king and queen competition. And so couples can sign up to compete in this competition. And we announce the winners at the Butterfly Ball where they receive crowns. And they also receive an all-expenses paid vacation uh, to the destination of their choice thanks to Birch Travel. Okay. So this helps raise money. How How do people participate? In other words? So when you are signing up for the competition, it's completely free. All that someone needs to do is you can go to our website and find out more information, or you can send an email to prom at oliviacaldwellfoundation.org. That includes your names, your story as a couple, and a picture of you as a couple. And when we say a couple too, that can be a couple that's dating, that's married, that's engaged, or we've even had two sisters that mm-hmm. coupled up and they competed and won our first ever competition. Oh, okay. So it, it could be friends, it could be sisters, it could be whatever, whatever you yeah. want it to do. And then um, we are accepting entries until January 5th. And then once voting kicks off on January 8th, uh, you are basically raising money So for votes. So $1 is equal to one vote, and the couple with the most votes then is able to win the competition. So it starts off typically with 15 to 20 couples that are competing, and then they're trying to get into the final four, which happens about 10 days into the competition. And then for the final 10 days, it's just that final four couples that are out there competing. Okay. So how do people participate? So to participate, you just have to sign up. You just um, send in your information to that prom at oliviacoppelfoundation.org website, our email address, and then um, we will help you with everything that you need to get started. So we'll create you a um, campaign page on our website. You'll get a fundraising page that you can easily share that has your pictures and your story. And then you can go to businesses around town. You can ask friends and family for money. We've had people get incredibly creative. They've held events. They've done raffles. Um, pretty much whatever you want to mm-hmm. do within reason. And um, $1 that's raised is equal to that one vote. And then um, all of the money that's raised goes to the missions of the Olivia Caldwell Foundation. So that's supporting funding pediatric cancer research. We also have a pediatric specialty clinic here in Casper that brings doctors up from Denver to see kids here. And then we also have a patient advocacy program and free mental health support. So you're really pouring back into the community while also having the opportunity to go on a great vacation with the person of your choice. Okay, so besides the butterfly ball, how else can people help throughout the rest of the year? 
So um, you can always donate at any time um, just by going to our website at oliviacoppelfoundation.org or you can stop by our office and drop by a donation. You can mail a donation. Any help is always greatly appreciated. We do have a lot of missions, and so it takes a lot of funding to be able to keep them all up and running. And what if I need the help of the foundation? Then you can also find that on our website. So our patient advocacy program in particular is a free program that's meant to support children and families who have a child with a chronic or complex medical illness. And we can help you with a range of issues for the entire family. And our mental health support groups, you can also find that information on our website. Okay. Let's get them to the website again. That is oliviacaldwellfoundation.org. Thanks for coming in. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Fifteenth of time. It's wake up my own one. We'll get to open phones in just a minute. Which is, uh, by the way, triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, thanks for sending me the Steve sent me on the Wake Up Wyoming app. You can send me a lot of things on the app. It's really easy to do. Some people look at me and go, "I'm not tech savvy. I don't know how to do the app." You pick up your mobile device, your phone. You swipe over. There's a thing that looks like a letter A. That's your app store. You touch it. And it'll ask you what you're looking for. You type in Wake Up Wyoming. And you'll see the Wake Up Wyoming logo pop up. There you go. And you just touch to download. And it does it for you. You don't have to do anything. Just touch it, it downloads. When you open the app, there's all sorts of options and they're all free. And one of them is you'll see chat. And if you hit the chat option, you can send me notes. And here Steve is sending me a cartoon. And the reason I'm bringing this up, Steve, is because I experienced this. I was on vacation last week. I come back, and I land. I'm, I leave Tampa, and I fly to Denver. And I'm from Denver. I'm going to fly home here in Wyoming, right? So I'm in the Denver airport. I have just a um, – wait, back up. I did that wrong. Not like it matters. I had arrived at the Tampa airport. Ah, oh, got it. Okay. And I needed – it was just early in the morning. I wanted a cup of coffee, so I'm still in Tampa. And I walked up to this place that says they serve coffee and tea. It's near the gate that I'm going to be leaving, and it says they serve coffee and tea. So I ask for a cup of coffee. I just want, give me your darkest dark roast small cup, please. Nothing that black. Now, the cartoon that Steve sent me has a coffee shop and a woman behind the counter is turning to her co-worker Do we have a flavor called cup of coffee? And I told Steve that, yeah, that actually happened to me. So you see, Steve, that's what happened to me in the airport. I asked the lady, the shop said right there on the sign in the airport, it says coffee and tea. And so I just just want a cup of black coffee. Uh, Well, we do have this little thing that we can do for you where you can put a couple of shots of espresso in it. And then we do this and that and the other thing. I want a cup of coffee. Well, we do have, and she explained something else. Okay, okay, here's the deal, folks. I'm a coffee snob, I admit it. I like a good coffee, really good coffee. Okay, roasted just the right way. One of my favorites, and there's several good companies in Wyoming that do that. One of them, I like the Snow Ale Coffee. They're out of Cheyenne, Wyoming. They're really good. But there's a lot of good coffee roast. Arbuckles is really good. If you go to uh, Chugwater, Wyoming, they're at 
the Tri-County Mercantile is one of the places they sell Arbuckles. Very good coffee. It's regional. <clears throat> so I'm a snob that way, but I just like black coffee. I don't want anything in it either. Just straight black coffee. When you go get some mocha choco latte thing and they have all sorts of foamed milk and chocolates and yada, yada, yada in there, and then they put a shot of espresso, that's not coffee. That's basically a milkshake with a shot of coffee in it. That's not what a coffee is. So I finally just said, never mind, thank you, and I turned and walked away from the gate where I was supposed to be boarding and turned the corner and went, oh, okay, and I know some of you will kind of cringe at this, but I mean, it's okay for me. Starbucks. Now, here's the deal with Starbucks. When I walked up to the Starbucks, there's a line. I don't do lines, but I realized that I had an advantage. I'll stand in line for just a moment because after everybody gives the order of what they want at Starbucks, they're all stepping off to the side to wait for their order to be made. And there's a lot of people standing there waiting for their order to be made. I knew that wasn't going to happen to me. I stepped up to the lady at the counter and I said, strong black coffee, small. And she looked at me with a bit of surprise and went, oh, okay. And she turned around and grabbed the cup and just poured it and handed it to me. And that was it. And the whole group of people waiting for their orders, well, they were still waiting because, see, their orders have to go all the way down through the line of workers to make their order. This lady just had to reach behind her and pour the cup and hand it to me. Now, that's what a cup of coffee is, which is why while I was going through that, I remembered, you've heard me play this before. I wrote this a long time ago. This bit is old. Hello, welcome to Coffee Cabana. Our special today is the popular Mocha Mocha Kappa Mocha Kappa. What can I blend for you today? Uh, cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I, I guess I don't understand. Uh... What part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, auto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. All right. I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Please. But I... Okay, look. Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay. I see. And what would you like at that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. We have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now, fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it? Yes, that's all. Well, how odd. Yeah, whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry. Um, six fifty. How is this little cup of coffee more expensive than a gallon of gasoline in my car? I didn't even add any frappa, lapa, mocha, crap, or whatever to it. Wow, sir, the beans are dried you, on you, flower you know, panels. Never mind. And then we use yeah, wind power today. But we're green. Look, I'll give you twenty bucks if you don't say another word. But. Nope. Uh, Done. There you go. 
Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? So, uh, Rianne from Fort Danger just sent me a note here about $4 Starbucks coffee, what it tastes like. Loaf and jug coffee costs like a uh, buck fifty, and it's better flavor. In fact, I'd give you one better than that, Rian. If you go up to the Maverick store, uh, the near you would be the one in Mills. I like that one. They have in the back of the store these three machines, and each machine has three different types of coffee on top: beans, fresh beans. And so when you, it's it's a little touchscreen thing. So you want, I like to take, again, a, a harder, darker roast. That's what I like, that bold flavor. But touch what you want, what kind of coffee beans you like. And it grinds the beans and makes the coffee right in front of you. And it is excellent. Now, the reason for going to the Starbucks in the in my defense at the airport was because there were two choices. The one place that said they serve coffee and tea, but they don't know what a coffee is. When all I said, all I want is just a cup of black coffee, and the lady didn't have it. We can make you this and that with a shot of espresso, and that's not what a coffee is. They don't. They they say they have coffee, but they don't have coffee there. The only other place in the airport was the Starbucks, so I went there. I don't mind their flavor either, because again, I like that kind of uh, bold stuff. But the whole time I'm standing there. Uh, Paying for my coffee and talking to the lady, I'm thinking. I work for Starbucks. Okay. So now, I do have a story in front of me here about people moving out of California and moving to other states. And we've talked about that. Wait a second now. Stephen Casper, I work for a company that managed, uh, manager loves Starbucks. So once a week, he would send me for a coffee for everyone. So I would go there and order for 60 people. You want to talk, you want to see heads explode. Oh, my God, I bet. And that might have taken a while because, again, what your coworkers were ordering probably wasn't coffee. That's something else that they do. Again, it's like a milkshake with a lot of whipped up foam in it. And then they add a shot of espresso, and they call that a coffee. No, that's a milkshake with a shot of coffee. That's not a coffee. That's a milkshake. Coffee is a completely different thing. All right, so for all those people who are moving out of California, going somewhere else, I came across, there's a guy who does uh, satirical parody songs. And he just wrote something which I thought, oh, my God. God, that 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 just describes it perfectly. Shopping for detergent, but it's all locked up. The tax man and a guy in the alley want to take my stuff. Can I keep half? Yeah. No. Finally get to my door, and I see right. Thinner stick. 
just under the name of Remy, and writes all sorts of stuff like that, which I play from time to time on the air. Okay, so get into the next segment. we got some news coming up in just a moment from now. Get into that, and then it's open phones from there on out. I have a nice long segment before we get to Frank with sports, so you'll be able to call in. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Or you can do what so many other people do, because I respond to it during the course of the entire program. People using the Wake Up Wyoming app and hitting the chat option on the app, which is free, and sending me notes, and then I respond to that when I'm on here. Either way, it's a chance for a conversation, not just between me and you, but the rest of the entire, not just state, but the region as well. So, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-WOODS. Local news is coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then there's that open phones. Wake Up Wyoming. He's just happy to be here. Catch Glenn Woods on Wake Up Wyoming weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I do this every single day. At some point, it is the most dangerous time in radio history, especially on this program. That's when we get into the open phone segment, which means at any time, you can call in, interrupt me, change the topic, trigger me. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? 
Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave. <coughs> All right. Strap in. And let's do this thing. Triple eight nine seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Again, talk about what I'm talking about. I change the subject. Fine, just kind of roll with it. So, okay. Good news. You could use a little, right? Headline: uh, Wyoming or uh, Wake Up Wyoming uh, website here. Wyoming gas prices dropped to lowest level since 2023. Okay, that's good news. Now, I'm going to have a little caveat at the end of that, but I noticed as I was driving to work this morning, I thought, oh, okay, I need to fill the tank. I'm down to about a quarter of a tank. Average gas price dropped 9.2 cents a gallon, averaging about 2.95 according to Gas Buddy. So that's, that's your average. All right. They did about 495 stations in Wyoming. Gas prices are 36.6 cents per gallon lower than they were about a month ago and 7.7 cents per gallon lower than they were about a year ago. National average prices of diesel have fallen about 8.4 percent. Or I'm sorry, 8.4 cents in the last week. And stands at about $4.10 per gallon nationwide. When I was in Florida last week, price, well, gallon of gasoline is much higher in Florida than here in Wyoming. California, of course, still, oh my God. But right, according to Gas Buddy, cheapest gas station in Wyoming was priced at $2.33 yesterday, while the most expensive was $3.75. That's a difference of a dollar forty-two between them. Okay, so that's good to see. Here's a little caveat I'm going to toss in there, though. Um, that won't stay. That won't stand. The way that this current administration, the Biden administration, is dealing with energy in America in general means prices have to spike back up again. And they will. It's nice to see the low prices. I'm not going to complain about the low prices. That's great to see. But as we know, uh, energy prices have to skyrocket back up at some point because of the way the Biden administration is treating coal, gas, and oil, and especially in this country. And I can get into all the details, but I think you understand what I'm talking about. So, And as much as I don't want to say it, enjoy the low gas prices while you can – But at some point, they head back up, as do your electricity prices and other forms of energy that you use out there. Some are already working their way back up. It's definitely going to happen. All right. Now, let's get out of state for just a minute. I want to talk about uh, some of these professors of major Ivy League universities and just get that off the table real quick. Harvard president. I'm sorry I said that wrong. Harvard University president. Sorry about that whole genocide thing that she talked about and says, well, it needs to be taken in context. Now, um, House Committee has opened an investigation into Harvard University, MIT, and Penn State. University of Pennsylvania president resigns after failure to contend, to condemn anti-Semitism. And there's been calls for the Harvard president to resign as well. So this was because of testimony in front of Congress. And there are those who 
want to defend these presidents and say freedom of speech. Okay. You do have a First Amendment right. You do have freedom of speech, even to say ugly things, and that's just fine. But let's also take a look at it this way. These are the same people who were heavily involved in, I could say censor, but it's more like canceling people who said things that they disagreed with. On today's university campuses across America, saying something that is, let's call it politically incorrect, will get you canceled and thrown out, both as a student or a professor, either way. So uh, these university presidents, one of them already resigned, others are in big trouble. As far as I'm concerned in this case, it's uh, turnabout is fair play. Off to the phones we go. Haven't talked to her an entire week. That was a dangerous time for everybody out there. Off to Mills, Wyoming we go. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. Uh, I was I watched that uh, those uh, heads of uh, Harvard and all that, and I'm telling you what, you talk about wokeism. Yeah, these women are insane. I mean, some of the things they were saying. Oh, that's not an anti-Semite when you threaten to kill somebody. Yeah. You know? I mean, they were idiots. Anyway, I was going to talk about first, um, there's property tax reform bills getting ready uh, for February. Okay, House Bill 3 gives tax exemption to residential property owners age 65 and older. That's okay. That's good who have lived on their primary residence for 30 years. Yeah. Is that not the most stupidest thing you ever heard of? Colorado is 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Michigan is like, God, what is it, 15 years. Why 30? Because it won't qualify for a lot of people, especially people who have just moved here, especially someone like me. Okay, we bought Dana's uh, mom's property. He lived here all growing up. Does that count? Even though we changed title in tw- in 2000 to us, does the clock start over? Who wrote this needs to be slapped upside the head? Okay. They're wrong. <laughs> they may as well just kill this before it even goes to the floor. It's so, just, it's stupid. As often as you've said that, have you actually ever slapped somebody upside the head? Yes. Okay. Did you get in trouble? I was for a bartender it? for 28 years. I slapped a lot of people <laughs> upside the head. And nobody is actually surprised by this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and also, uh, did you see in the in uh, some of the stuff this morning, Biden is wanting to cut electricity by 60%. Right. Okay, so how do you run your EV vehicles with mm-hmm. 60% less power? Right. Okay, and then he wants to cut the natural gas plants, the mm-hmm. coal plants, right. and rely on wind and solar. And our morons here in Wyoming are buying into that. Yeah. No, this is why you know, I just got done reading about how gas prices, thankfully, have dropped quite a bit. But then finished it by saying, and yet it's not going to stay that way. It can't. It can't, and it won't. Yeah. Because uh, this is to, this is coming up on election year. You can see a lot of wonderful things that they're going to do for eight months, six months, yeah. whatever. And then right after the election, right after they steal it through their ballot harvesting and all of that kind of stuff, 
everything's going to go right back up. Well, right. I know groceries are up about 50%. Yeah. And if Rocky Mountain Power gets theirs uh, increased, it goes up another 30 plus the seven they got in in July. So that's 37%. And our representatives are failing us. They're not doing anything to help Wyoming citizens. There's 580,000 of us, right? Mm-hmm. Tops. And we're paying for all of Washington's uh, cuts and Rocky Mountain Towers, bad investments. And I'm telling those guys, they need to shop around. Surely there's another company that's willing to deal with Wyoming right. for our little bit of population. And and I, I'm just, I'm livid over the taxes in this state. Right. And, and the quicker we get out of things like carbon sequestration, the faster our prices go down for energy. That would be the first question I ask every single yeah. rep in person. Right. Are you for this? And then I would record it. Okay. And if they end up getting elected and they use it, I would vote it to censure them. All right. I got to run. Got to talk to Frank about sports. Thanks for calling in, Jude. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 849 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. It's Frank Gambino waiting by. So this story here, Frank, um, <clears throat> sometimes, you know, people will do things that just seem innocent enough, right? Shouldn't be a problem. Like, uh, there's a guy who has a necklace and the necklace is a small metal dagger. Okay. Yeah. It's just a yeah. tiny thing. It's yeah, about, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. About, not even, not even the size of your pinky. Yeah. Right? That, that, okay. That's fine. And then he trips, falls and kills himself. Oh, well. <laughs> Size matters, right? Yeah, let's see. So, let me see. Massachusetts guy uh, was leaving a restaurant, fell, stabbed himself with his necklace knife. Wow. Uh, necklace knife, were, again, it, it's a little knife hanging on a necklace. Common sense prevails. Don't hang something like that around your throat, says this author. And so. this happened at the airport? <laughs> No, 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 no. He was at leaving a restaurant. Oh, a restaurant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, our, I wonder would they let that through the TSA? I don't know. I, I don't they, know. They, they would. They always. My necklace always goes. Okay. Sets the alarms off, you know, yeah. and they go. Have you got a necklace on? I go. Yeah. yeah. I, I never know what to do with TSA because, like this time, I was trying to go to Florida. They took my tube of toothpaste. Oh, last well. time they let it through. Oh, this last time in Orlando, yeah. the, the the dog sniffed me. Really? And I had to go stand over there. Oh, go stand in the corner so the dog. Now Mary wants to buy a plane ticket again. Yeah, there, there you go. National Finals Rodeo moving along tonight in Las Vegas. In the third round last night, Buffalo's Cole Ryder made a visit to the pay window. He finished second in the round in the bareback with an 87 and a half. That earned him over $21,000. And back on Saturday, Ryder took second in the round with an 86 and a half. So that was worth over $24,000. Right now, Ryder is first in the average and seventh in the world standings. And the Saddle Bronc kills the Wyoming native Brody Crest out of the money last night with an 85. But he's third in the average thanks to a second place finish in the second round on Saturday. Also in the second round, Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, out of the money with a 79 last night. However, he is sixth in the average thanks to a first place effort in the opening round. The NFR continues tonight from the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. In women's college basketball at the Division One level, 
Wyoming Cowboys lose, uh, Wyoming Cowgirls losing at home to number 21 Creighton, 73-61, the drop to 4-4-4 four to four and four on the year. Douglas High School native uh, and grad, Allison Sprudick, had a great game for the Cowgirls. A career-high 30 points on 13 of 19 from the field. On the flip side, the Cowgirls were 4 of 22 from the three-point line. Creighton has won 7 of 8 games so far this year, and UW will, have, will play Montana State on Sunday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team on Saturday rallied to beat Stephen F. Austin 78-70 to get to 6 and three on the year. The folks were down 10 in the second half and came to life as Sam Griffin at 23 points to lead the way for UW and a quail cut had 19. On the flip side, the Cowboys with 20 turnovers and that's way too much. They'll be at home on Saturday to meet Weaver State. National Football League, the Denver Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers 24-7, so they're 7-6 and six on the year after that brutal start to the year. Quarterback Russell Wilson threw for 224 yards and two touchdowns. On the flip side, Charger quarterback Justin Herbert broke his finger in the first half. Denver's now won 6-7 to get back in the playoff chase, and they'll be at Detroit on Saturday. High school wrestling season kicked off over the weekend statewide. The big Charlie Lake tournament was in Cheyenne over the weekend. On the boys' side, Cheyenne East had three individual champions. Kozad Porter at 132, Liam Fox at 157, Charlie Green at 285, Casper Kelly Walsh with an individual champion, and William Alde at 150. KW won the girls' team championship as Michelle Hemman finished second at 100 pounds, and Isabel Muldowney second at 140 pounds. And that's it in sports. Mark just sent me a note. I thought once that my shark tooth necklace was cool until I landed all wrong on it. Yeah. Okay, so I would say, Frank, that when it comes to wearing jewelry, don't wear anything that could impale you. That, that would be my guess. However, be, you know, yeah. you see that in a lot of, you know, cultures and, yes. you know, on those islands and stuff. Yes, right. but it doesn't seem to bother them. Uh, I don't know. We don't have any statistics about how many of them falled and killed themselves. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I would I, say probably you know, not I, many. But I would try to look it up if I could, Frank, but I doubt they've been keeping no, it, score. It, it's all good. Okay, it's all, it's all good. good. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. Hey, roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Got a quick guest in the 9 o'clock hour. Then it's you and me with open phones. Triple eight ninety seven woods Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Hold the calls. We'll do more open phones in just a bit. Update on Reese across America. Katie is back on the phone with us. Morning. Hope you've been well. You there, Katie? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, there you go. Now I hear you. Okay. So, Reese yeah. Across America, for those people who don't know what that is, what is Reese Across America? It's a nationwide effort uh, organized by a nonprofit, Reese Across America, to put Reese on veteran graves all across the country and actually around the world uh, during the holiday season. Okay. Now, you're doing this out of Laramie, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, National Reese Across Laramie Day is. Uh, Reads Across America Day is Saturday, December 16th. Okay. And the Laramie ceremony begins at 11 a.m. up at Green Hill Cemetery. And mm. this year, 
We have over a thousand wreaths to place on veterans' graves. Now, just so people know, if you're outside of Laramie area and you'd like to participate, there's probably a program going on near you. Just type in Reese Across America into your browser, and you'll be able to find a location near you. So what do you need on December 16th? Do you have people to place those wreaths? Well, that's what we're looking for is volunteers to come out and put the wreaths on the grave. Okay. There's a bit of a ceremony that goes with that as well, right? Yeah. There'll be a short ceremony at 11 o'clock, and then uh, the wreaths, we already have the wreaths here in town, and then we'll uh, send people out across the cemetery to place them. It's a great family activity. The weather's supposed to be good. They can take a few minutes, explain to the kids what it means to be a veteran and serve your country, and uh, we encourage anybody who wants to come out for an hour to come out and help us Saturday. So for those people who are bringing uh, the wreaths to you, are they arrived in trucks? A lot of these are volunteers, aren't they, to to purchase the wreaths and get them to you? They use a nationwide network of semi-truck drivers, and they deliver wreaths all across the country. And there's over 2 million wreaths, so it's quite a logistical undertaking. Okay. So, once again, for those people who would like to participate in this, they need to be... Do they need to contact you in advance or just show up? No, they just need to show up at 11 o'clock at the GAR Monument at Green Hill Cemetery in Laramie. Go to the National Reads Across America website to see what's going on in your uh, particular community because there's quite a few places in Wyoming that are participating. Okay, and that'll be this coming Saturday. All right. Katie, thanks for coming on this morning. Oh, thank you. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good thing to protect. I like what she said about making sure your kids are involved, too. And explaining to them what this is all about, because it's one of those things, I hate to say this, I really hate to say, but it's not going to be taught in schools. It's something you're going to have to do, which it's good that you make it a family activity. So, again, Reads Across America, just look it up somewhere near you. It's happening. All right. Here's a story I came across. Now, i got to be careful when I read this. This is a Wyoming public broadcasting story. Public broadcasting in general, as you know, is very leftist, should not be publicly funded at all. If they want to start a private company, which they pretty much have it as a private company, the, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting is pretty much a private company, but a lot of money does come from the federal government. And in some cases, even states will provide it as well, but they don't need to. But all right, here's the story from Wyoming Public Media, which I always have to be very careful to edit for bias. Headline, Wyoming electric vehicle charging desert sparked interest of private business, but the state is hesitant. All right, now we've talked about this before. I was bothered a while back when the state of Wyoming had taken money from the federal government to try to get people to put in electric charging stations. And I said, no, don't take the money from the federal government. Don't do that. Let it happen organically. Just let it happen. There are, um, you know, gas stations all over the country, all over the place. And that didn't happen because it was subsidized. It happened because there was a need in the marketplace. That's just capitalism at work. But all right, here's what the story says. Big one-ton diesel trucks are something you see a lot of in Wyoming. The story says a state known for large swaths of untouched rugged land. You got 100 miles between everything, said David, fourth-generation Wyoming Knight from Rock Springs. Very little civilization. I know that comes as a shocker to you guys, but 
Mm. He grew up with a culture of big trucks. Uh, but four years ago, he and his wife went fully electric. No particular reason other than they said electricity is cheaper. Well, okay, at that point, let me stop right there. Well, we do it because electricity is cheaper. Yeah, but your vehicle is not cheaper. Your electricity charging that is not always cheaper, and in general, the electric vehicle is not cheaper. So that's not true. This is where I say I have to watch for the bias. Not only is this gentleman that they're interviewing wrong, but Wyoming Public Media doesn't correct him in that what you're doing is not cheaper. But all right, let's read on. They recently went on a road trip with their electric vehicle to see the sites of Wyoming, including Yellowstone National Park. It was tricky. They had to divert into Montana to charge their Tesla, spending their money there instead of some of their favorite Wyoming small towns. I like to go to those places, but I can't now because there's very little charging in those locations. Tourism is a $4.5 billion industry in Wyoming, partly because of huge road trip destinations, and it talks about where. But there's very few electric vehicle chargers. Now, once again, I go back to if there was a market for it, they would be there. Without any subsidies overnight, it would be popping up all over the place. Story says, Wyoming is the ninth largest state land-wise, only has 95 charging stations. Now, let me pause. Let me ask, 95 charging stations, says Wyoming Public Media. There's a link here. I'm going to click on it. I wonder if it shows where the charging stations are. I think I might get a map here. Uh, filter by location, U.S. and Canada, or United States, and state and territory. You always have to go all the way to the bottom to click on Wyoming. And let's see. Okay, you had 94 locations. That's all it says. I don't see a map here. Um, yeah, they, they should they should provide a map, but they don't. Okay, well, anyway. So out of those 95 stations that are in, oh, here's a map. Hang on. That are in the I'm, I'm zooming in on it. That are in the state of Wyoming. I'm kind of curious as to how many work. For those people out there who might be listening to the program who have electric vehicles, I'm just curious. Have you pulled it? Because it happens. I know it happens in Colorado. I've covered stories in Colorado where people pull up to a charging station. And most of the charging station is not working. Depends on where you are. There's some that are working just fine. There's other charging stations that are not working, but most of them just don't work. I will say this, at least Wyoming charging stations are spread out pretty evenly around the state. But okay, that's just a curious question. I've saved the map. I'll do something on that later. Uh, so Wyoming, ninth largest state, 95 charging stations for comparison neighboring Colorado is 2,000 stations. What they don't put in this story is, and a lot of them don't work, but okay. It's, uh, nearly impossible to travel a lot of Wyoming nowadays by electric vehicle. The state is hesitant to build out infrastructure, but private companies see this as an opportunity. Pause right there. So. It says in the story, again, you got to watch for Wyoming public media bias. They're more left-leaning. So when they think of infrastructure, they think, well, electric charging stations need to be built by the government. Really? Then who built all your gas stations? Government? No, that was private sector. So when they say in the next line, but private companies see this as an opportunity, again, pause again, most people don't. 
If private companies saw this as an opportunity, they'd be popping up all over the place. So apparently they don't. But even still, that's the way this should be done because private companies see it as an opportunity. Let's read on. Uh, Yin, I wanted to welcome you guys, said Mike Yin, uh, recent fall day, Yin president of uh, Otter Space, which opened an EV charger in Pinedale, Wyoming this fall. He said, I'd like to say it's infrastructure week when you open one of these chargers. So this created, um, okay, on a route to Yellowstone. Uh, Pinedale, you can find some charging stations there. Uh, but before, there was just one electric charger in town, and I guess, the, I, how many, I think they only have one Tesla there, too. But anyway, the Pinedale mayor hopes this will bring a lot of dollars in tourism, uh, and it might. Okay. But they also don't mention in the article here, as I go through this, is that the electrical, the electric vehicle sales market has not been doing all that well. Yes, some electric vehicles, as you know, have been sold. But for the most part, the market is not doing well. For a multitude of reasons, it's not doing real well. So they, they hope, well, we'll build all of this infrastructure because everybody's going to be driving electric. So thinks Wyoming Public Media. Okay, well, the story goes on. The state isn't sure this spring Wyoming put a pause on federal funding of EG charging, EV charging stations. It was about uh, $26 million this state could have doled out for private businesses. Uh, but Jordan Young, Deputy Public Affairs Officer with the Wyoming Department of Transportation, said there are a few concerns. Like if a business went under before five years, the state would bear the responsibility. And I, I threw up some other problems there as well. In other words, the, the way I understood, we had a gentleman, Lee, who is over in... Now, all of a sudden, it just kind of stripped my mind. Where, where, where was he from here? Hang on a second now. Um, yeah, I just want to make sure I got Lee in the right uh, place over here. But anyway, he's a business owner, and he has a, a gas station, and he's over in KC. Sorry, Lee. Yeah, he's in KC. He has a gas station, and he was offered some money by the state through the federal government to put up an electric station, but he looked at it and realized it wasn't going to work out financially for him. Yes, they helped him to set it up, but then after a while, it's all on him. And as I pointed out before with electric charging stations, if they're either breaking even or not making money, then the owner of the charging station has no incentive to keep it going. And so it'll fall apart. Well, if that's the case, if it isn't running anymore, then... The state of Wyoming is liable for that charging station, and they have to pay the federal government back. Quote, the state is not interested in owning to operate these stations. So we wanted to make sure that there was a mechanism in place in case the stations did not stay open the full five years. They've been working through that with the feds so far, nothing, but okay. Um, and also the feds want a charging station every 50 miles, and we don't have a charging. We don't have need for a charging station every 50 miles or the ability to do it. That's the important part, or the ability to do it. When you consider the long distances and what, a charging station somewhere out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, the feds don't seem to understand. They haven't been out to Wyoming, so they don't know it's a little unique out here. 919, wake up Wyoming. 
polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Nine twenty-five is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I, I'm doing a lot of energy topics this morning. Here's another one for you. From Wyofile, panel recommends Wyoming spend $37.5 million on six energy projects. Now, when you think six energy projects, that, so that means to produce energy, right? Well, the Wyoming Energy Authority recommended uh, Governor Mark Gordon award a combined $37.5 million to support six energy products, including coal to hydrogen and carbon capture proposals. All right, first off. If a coal company wants to do coal to carbon, I'm sorry, uh, coal to hydrogen, then let the energy company do it. It's a private business. That's not something government should be involved in. If the company thinks that turning coal into hydrogen is profitable, then they would be doing it. The idea that government needs to get involved in this, no, that is a private sector thing. Government stays out of it, other than to make sure that they do it safely and they're not trying to rip people off. The other one, of course, carbon capture proposals. Hang on, I'll get to that. Mike is in Laramie. Hi, Mike. Hey, Glenn. I want to go back to the topic you were talking about earlier about the hypocrites at the climate conference and their meals. Yeah. And once again, they demonstrate how how illiterate they are in science and economics and this whole thing is political. Yeah. If we all went to a plant-based diet, think how much more land would have to be plowed. Mm-hmm. How many more trees would have to be cut down? Right. How much more energy to prepare that land? And if there's not all land is equal for planting, so you've got to bring in water, you got to bring in fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Meat is a much more compact means of delivering nutrition. One cow can take tons of vegetable and make it into a nice little compact package. Right. And with the cow... You don't have to go, like you were saying, farm all this land. You just turn them loose in the field. That's right. Yeah. It's just, you know, a plant-based diet is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Now don't, use their favorite word. Yeah, that, yeah. Now, don't forget, though, now you're supposed to be eating bugs. So just from now no. on, just go out outside. There's bugs all over the place. Just go gather them up and eat them. I'm sure you'll love it with not some. This time. Not, no. not this time not of year. Time. Okay, that's true, yeah. Go, go, but it, yeah. they just show it's all political. <laughs> this is, there's no science behind uh, what they're doing no. whatsoever. Well, it's the same people. These are the same exact people who say we need to keep coal, gas, and oil in the ground, all of it. Okay, let's do that. And let's see how many people die within just a few months because we're not oh, using petroleum. I'm sure that's what they would like to have happen. Yeah. They have, I, ha- I have met people like that yeah. that think that's the best thing that could happen is to get the population down sure. to a couple of billion. Well, my thought is, as you mentioned at the start of this, uh, the hypocrites of it. So you first. So go right ahead, you guys. I want to see you eating bugs three square a day, right? And I want you living oh, without any petroleum products whatsoever every single day. You, you oh, first. I know a person like yeah. that. What? Yeah. Really? And I asked her, you know, she's saying about all these problems. I said, well, how come you haven't killed yourself? And she says, well, I haven't had any children, so I've done my Uh, bit. She's done her bit, yeah. And then I asked her, why haven't you put solar panels on your house? Right. Why haven't you got one of these little personal wind wind turbines? And how come you're not driving an electric vehicle? Uh Uh-huh. 
And I guarantee you she did not have a bunch of bugs in her bowl of cereal this morning. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. All right. No. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. For those who missed the opening segment of the program, I'll get you up to speed on what he's talking about right after we get through news. we got local news coming your way. Right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That was Mike from Laramie calling in. You can, too. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97 Woods for the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 9.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I just sent Miss Mary something. (laughs) Miss Mary was having a bit of a problem uh, with the gingerbread house contest this year. And you just want to make a good-looking gingerbread house. But sometimes, for various reasons, it doesn't come out. I sent her a picture. Someone took the pieces of the gingerbread house that didn't work out and just piled them up. And then drew on a piece of paper that stuck into the top of it what looked like a tornado. There. (laughs) Works fine. Mike called from Laramie during the last segment. And I wanted to pick up. I'm glad you're with me through all of it. One thing I love about talk radio is how many people in the audience are with this show through the entire show. Some people through the entire day. That's what I love about talk radio. So he was talking about something that I started with right out of the gate at 6 a.m. So we had that uh, COP28 conference, which is the United Nations having their annual meeting. This time they had it in Dubai to try to solve the issue of climate change, which they have been predicting we're going to reach the tipping point every single year. And we passed that tipping point, and they kicked the can down the road. Now, of course, they showed up in jets. A bunch of people in Madrid were stopped because their corporate jets couldn't get out of the airport because of too much snow. And remember, snow is supposed to be a thing of the past. They show up in their corporate jets and ride around in their limousines, all at taxpayer expense from their home country. Staying expensive hotels. And then you got to wonder, so did they eat meat? Because they want you and I eating bugs. And the answer is no. I wondered about this before I went on vacation. I came back and looked, and there's a story about what they had on the menus. Steak. Barbecue. Hamburger. And all top-of-the-line stuff because they're not paying for it. It's taxpayer expense. So when you look at what they say that we're supposed to do, and are they doing it? Talk about a height of hypocrisy. They all show up in their corporate jets, but you're not allowed to fly, you know, riding around in big gas-guzzling vehicles, but you're not allowed to do that. And you're supposed to be eating bugs, and they're not doing that. It was steak and, well, all sorts of different red meats, for example, among other kinds of meat, of course, you know, there's pork and chicken and so on on the menu. But it wasn't exactly a bug or vegan diet, was it? No. Now, did you expect any less? Well, of course not. 
But what they expect out of you is someday you walk into a diner. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a rib burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. Oh, wait. What the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crushed. Have to do it while there's still larva or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larva. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larva? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. No, but the rest of us better, or else... Damn straight. See, this is all I ask of the cult of climate change. Those people pushing all this on us. I just thought, uh, oh, just do it yourself first. <clears throat> Lead by example. If this is what you want. You want everybody eating bugs? You first. All right? I want to see that. You want everybody on bicycles and on mass transit? You first, because I don't see you doing that. No. And, and even when it came to this climate conference, once again, only the best. Steak, barbecue, Hamburgers of all, I mean, just, you know, name your type of meat and they had it there. How many do you think at this climate conference were actually eating a vegan diet? Could you see anywhere, I, I don't know, but I haven't seen anywhere where bugs were even on the menu, but it's what they want for you. So that's why I say to the cult of climate change that I've been saying for many years, and I suppose you have too. I will believe that you believe what you're saying when you start to live in the way that you demand the rest of us live. But I don't see you doing that. If they ever did get their wish, you know, and they stop coal, gas, and oil, and jets, and all this kind of stuff, do you still think they will, or will they maintain that lifestyle? The one they have now, I mean which is not very green, according to them. The answer is, you and I will have to live that way, but they will never live this way. Which means I don't think that they actually believe anything that they say. At this point, I don't believe that they do. There's some other motive at word here. There's some other motive. It has to be. Uh, unless they're just that big of a, a liar and hypocrites and which is possibly the case but it's hard to be that extreme of a liar and that extreme of a hypocrite don't you think inspiring word salad by vice president camilla harris bob and doug returned to the kennedy space center 
They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Serious takes on local politics or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. 8.48 is the time off. We go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. All right, Frank, I'm going to be um, treading on very thin ice with this next one, okay? Well, okay, I'm, I, I'm okay. ready. Parents have been a bit concerned because their kids are now safe. You know, your kids know how to use electronic devices better than you. Yeah. Yeah. And so kids have been grabbing the tablet computer or whatever they might be using today and asking the question of Google, is Santa Claus real? And what does the Google respond? Of course Santa's real. Yeah. So the first response was, whilst there is no man in the sky riding a sleigh pulled by reindeer, Santa Claus is not completely a made-up person. And it goes into the history of a monk named Saint Nick. A monk. And the story that okay. you know created that. Okay. And parents start responding to Google going, hey, hey. Excuse me about the man in the sky with the sleigh, because they're working really hard on these kids. All right, so I went ahead and typed it. Wondering, with all the backlash, did Google change anything? So I just Googled it. Is Santa real? It now says, according to historical records, Santa is real. Oh! Santa is real in the sense, oh, here they go. That he was an actual person, otherwise known as St. Nicholas. His story goes way back to the 3rd century. He was a monk born in 280 A.D. in modern-day Turkey. I don't think that's good enough to satisfy the parents. No, no I know Santa's real. Was I saw him at Walmart in Orlando, Florida. See? Okay. Now, and, I, I saw him. Yeah. He handed me a piece of candy. Okay. Now, and I know, oh, one of my favorite things on my vacation in Florida... We went on a holiday train ride. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes, it was. Wait, was Santa driving? No, but Santa did come. To, and what I did was I went with the family. We went over to the car where we could stand up. It used to be a box car. Yeah. And we could stand up and sort of lean out. Nice. And, and we went down the tracks from Sebring, Florida, south. And Santa went from one car to the next saying hi to all the kids. And I got to tell you, Frank, you should have seen this guy. It was the real deal. Hmm. Told you. Women's college basketball at the Division I level from yesterday. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost at home to number 21 Creighton, 73-61. So they are 4-4 four and four on the year. Douglas High School grad Allison Furtick got a fantastic game for the Cowgirls with a career-high 30 points on 13 of 19 from the field. On the flip side, the Cowgirls were just awful from the three-point line, going 4 of 22. Creighton is 7-1 on the year, and UW will have the week off, and they'll play at Montana State on Sunday. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team on Saturday rallied to beat Stephen F. Austin in Laramie 78-70 to get to 6-3 and three on the year. Folks were down 10 in the second half and then came the life of Sam Griffin had 23 points to lead the way and uh, a, a, a Kale uh, Cotton had 19. So on the flip side, the Cowboys had 20 turnovers. I got to clean that up. They'll be at home on Saturday to meet Weber State. In the National Football League, the Denver Broncos uh, beat the Los Angeles Chargers 24-7 to so they're 7-6 and six on the year. It's pretty good after a brutal start to the season. Quarterback Russell Wilson threw a couple of touchdown passes in 224 yards. On the flip side, Charger quarterback Justin Herbert broke his finger in the first half. Denver has won 6 of 7 to get back in the playoff chase, and they will be at Detroit on Saturday. Three rounds in the books at the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. 
Buffalo's Cole Reiner, who uh, was a high school wrestler, an outstanding high school wrestler in Wyoming, uh, made another visit to the pay window as he finished second in last night's round of the bareback with an 87 and a half. That earned him $21,296. And then back on Saturday, Reiner took second in the round with an 86 and a half, and that was worth $24,268. So right now, Reiner is first in the average, seventh in the world standings. In the Saddlebrock, Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Crest out of the money last night with an 85. He was third, he's third in the average thanks to uh, taking second place in the second round on Saturday. Also in the Saddle Bronx, Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, out of the money with a 79 last night. However, he is sixth in the average, thanks to a first-place effort in the opening round, and the NFR continues tonight at the Thomas & Mack Center in Las Vegas. High school wrestling, the season kicked off with a, a number of statewide events in the big big uh, Charlie Lake tournament held in Cheyenne over the weekend. Cheyenne East had three individual champions. Kozab Porter at 132, Liam Fox at 157, Charlie Green at 285, Casper Kelly Walsh with an individual champion, William Alt at 150, KW won the girls' team championship as Michelle Hemman finished second at 100 pounds and Isabel Maldoni uh, finished second at 140 pounds. And that's it in sports. So uh, beautiful Sebring, Florida is below Orlando by quite a bit, surrounded by a whole bunch of lakes, right? Mm-hmm. So we get on this train, which, Frank, was a steam locomotive, the old kind. Yeah. Right. A legitimate. Oh, legit, yeah. yeah. And it has a dining car. It has oh, okay. seating cars. And we didn't like any of that, the family. We went to the box car, which used to be the mail car. Now it has some uh, doors set up in a way that we can stand there without falling out, you okay. know, at the gate, basically. And stick our heads out. Not too far, because you might get it taken off by something. And we just stood there and just watched the world go by as the sun set. And we head way down south to Sebring on a train that's going about uh, 35, 40 miles an hour on the way. It was great, Frank. It was just the perfect holiday ride. And, and Santa was there. Santa was so there. he does exist, and he's on trains well, and in Walmart so and okay. in parades, too. Okay. See, Frank settled it. Yes. Let's wake up, Wiley.